0: You're listening to The Dropouts.
1: All right. Welcome to episode 11 of The Dropouts. I'm Jess. And I'm Morgan. And today we are talking about personal accountability. Yeah. But we will take take a few minutes and do some housekeeping things. Um... Wanna talk about our Patreon restructure?
0: Okay, so today is episode eleven, which means we've been doing this podcast for eleven weeks. And initially when we started the podcast, we were like, Yeah, we want to do this like Patreon and we wanna have all these tiers and we wanna offer all this stuff. And I think that might have been naive of us to go into never podcasting before and also try to take on a Patreon with like multiple tiers and adding all this extra stuff. Because I think I know it doesn't seem like it, but having a podcast is Very time consuming, and I'm not complaining about that, I'm just mm-hmm. factually stating it is very time consuming. Um, I know on the uh, like on your end of a listener, you're like, Yeah, I just listened to this episode, it's like an hour and a half, but behind the scenes, it's like, I think I know I spend at least a day like writing, researching. I know Jess does the same writing up the, the bullet points of what we want to talk about, and coming up with content, and brainstorming new ideas, and how we want to present things. And then we had the Zoom and all this stuff, so. I don't want to stop doing that. I just wanted to make it simpler for everybody across the board for Patreon. So now instead of having tiers for Patreon, it's a flat rate of $5 a month. If you're in Canada, I think it's like seven because the currency exchange, but, um, but it's $5 a month and you get to partake in our monthly Zoom, which we're still going to do. The next one is July 20th at 7 p.m. Central. And we are going to be talking about limiting beliefs. And we're going to kind of like workshop it. That's at least how I envision it. I don't know if Jess has like a different vision for what she'd want to do, but I kind of picture doing a workshop style Zoom where we can work through limiting beliefs. Like I want to send out or have available like something that you could print out beforehand to kind of like follow along, help, ask questions, Q&A, access to Jess and I asking questions, insight, um, problem solving things, business questions, anything like that. So the next Zoom will be, like I said, July 20th at 7 p.m. We're going to do one every month, just like we have been trying to do. But we're just making it accessible at $5 a month for everybody. We're taking away the multiple tiers, which I like it. It's simpler. It's easier. Um, So that is the Patreon revamp. And I'm really excited to see everyone on Wednesday, July 20th. I really hope that you guys come... Um, For anyone that came to our vision board Zoom, I want it to feel like that, but every time, but with a different topic, you know, like Mm -hmm. diving into getting a deep dive, getting a more personal experience with like your own setting aside the time, showing up for yourself, showing up for other people you know, an hour and a half to two hours for the Zoom is usually what it is. I would say an hour and a half. But, um, you know, setting aside that time for you, because we don't do it intentionally so often for ourselves, but this is an opportunity where it's like, well, I've already committed to the Zoom once a month that I'm going to go to. And it's your time to work on yourself and to work on an aspect of your life or an aspect of something that you want to improve. And you can do it with a supportive community around you. And so that's, That's what we're creating. Um, I know that like for me, I'm part of several other Zooms external of what we do. um, And it's really, really incredibly helpful to listen to other people talk, to listen to other people get feedback, because usually it's all relatable. You can always turn that advice back on yourself and say, ah yes, I can see how this would apply to me, even though, you know, somebody else just asked that question and maybe it's a different situation. Usually it applies to you too. So I think it's helpful for people to just show up for themselves, you know. And that's ultimately what we want to do is continue to build that with Patreon. So um five dollars a month will get you that. Um, oh and also we are adding so the last day of every month we're going to everyone that's in the Patreon we're going to like randomly draw a winner and we're going to send that person something every month. So it might be like a Starbucks gift card and a book or maybe like a cute piece of jewelry and um like one of our favorite things or something. So that's what we want to do to thank everyone who's in the Patreon is offer the zoom and offer like a giveaway every month. So you can do that for $5 a month and I think I hope you guys realize, like, how much that supports us continuing to do this as well and continuing to make content and continuing to be able to set aside the hours a, a week to be able to do this. So, yeah, that is the Patreon. Uh, sorry that was long-winded, but I just wanted to get that all out. Um, yeah, it's all just- new stuff. Yeah, I'm going to um racquetball bali over t you can talk about bali
1: bali
0: um i know we've talked about this before um but we
1: are going to bali end of october it's going to be october 21st through the 26th we are so excited i know we've said that so many times but i cannot emphasize how great it's going to be and there are still a few spots available um, the price actually, she was able to work some magic and the price has come down a little bit. And there are also, um, I know we have had a lot of people reach out. They, they didn't really have like a friend or a family member or a significant other that they were able to bring with because of scheduling or whatever else. Um, but the place that we're staying at, there are a few rooms with twin beds. Um, so you can still come without really knowing or bringing someone, and still get that split price
0: yeah we'll basically play like roommate matchmaker you know and i think there's only limited there's like two rooms that have split yeah or three something like that but um yeah we'll play roommate matchmaker we'll set you up with somebody and honestly like i'm sure that people listening to this have traveled abroad but if you haven't you don't really spend a whole lot of time in your room. Like you are really out and about doing stuff quite a bit. Yeah. And so you're really in your room to like sleep, shower, get ready for the day and then you're out and about enjoying yeah. the country that you came to see. So, yeah. I wouldn't or, yeah. I wouldn't put so much weight into like, oh, who's my roommate going to be? Cuz really we're all going to be there. Like Jess and I will be there. You can hang out with us. You can come come with us to do anything, you know. I'm pretty sure Jess and I will probably do a lot of stuff together and everybody is quite clearly welcome to like come along with Jess and I, we are more
1: the merrier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've said this before, but like with Jess and I, what you see is what you get. Like the conversations that we have on this podcast, we talk about this stuff behind the scenes, um, how we talk, how we interact. Like this is, this is us. We're not putting Mm -hmm. on some weird front when we're on the podcast. So, um, couldn't even if I wanted to, no, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like this is just us. So if you if you just like want to come hang out, and it doesn't have to be just for us, you know, like to spend time with us by any means. That's yeah, not you don't what have to. If you don't want to, no, but us, like we won't take it personally. But you know, like I hope you feel like if you didn't know anybody else, at least you kind of feel like you know Jess and I because mm-hmm. you listen to this podcast, so you know us in a way that maybe makes you feel a little more comfortable to come with. Um. So, yeah, it not to like. Sorry, I didn't mean to like take over. I just no, wanted to be like matchmaker. We're yeah. playing matchmaker. <laughs> we're gonna play, ma- I don't,
1: we're we're getting real excited. I know. Want to, I just like. really
0: want people to come, and I feel yeah. I want to share. I feel experience like with people. People have been like, I really want to go, but my husband can't go, or I really want to go, but my friend says she just like can't swing it because of her kids or whatever. And it's like, but if you want to go. If you want to go, you have personal agency to make the decision to go, and we will help you figure out how to go, even if you don't have anyone per se to go with. And like, Jess and I are flying out of Chicago, so you can, you know, like, if you really are super uncomfortable with like flying by yourself, like get yourself to Chicago, you can fly with us, you know, like we, honestly, international flights too, I'll just say this, pop a Benadryl, you'll sleep, it'll be way better anyways, like the flights... Are long, but if you Papa sleep... Benny, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Actually, can I just tell a funny story? When I was 14. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when I was 14, I was part of this, it was um international ambassador program, which I don't even know why they called it that, but I had the opportunity to go to Australia and it was with a group of kids, like all these kids that got letters in the mail being like, you would be a great ambassador because like, I think it was just based on grades or like whatever. So I didn't know anybody and you go you don't go with your parents like your parents stay back. So here I am 14 years old. My mom was all for it. She's like this is a great opportunity. Like you are we're going to let you go and my dad was like do you think it's really a great idea to let a 14 year old fly literally across the globe by not that I was by myself but it was like with a bunch of other kids I did not know and it was obviously we had chaperones, right? Like it was like people that worked for this program. It was literally one of the best experiences of my entire life i met these two people on the trip that i had a freaking riot with and i was you know kind of like a shy 14 year old and people come out of their shells right so i there was grant and chelsea and those are the two people that i hung out with we were like three musketeers and i think about this now as like a 32 year old and there was a day where they were just like we were in Sydney, Australia, and they're like, "Yeah, it's your free day. You guys can go do whatever you want." They let fourteen-year-olds run around Sydney, Australia, by ourselves, and I look back at that like, "Who's who? Who was supposed to be in charge of bringing Times the toddler so leashes that day?" Now. Because like, we we went to, of course, where did we go? We went to the mall, but like, because what else? We didn't know what to do. <laughs> we were so like, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we don't. How do you? I think we went and bought souvenirs for our families, but um, but but the reason I'm telling that story is because. I mentioned Grant and Chelsea, and those were like the two people that I ended up gravitating towards. We did everything together on this trip, and it was a blast. But on the way to Australia, which if you don't know, Indonesia is like above Australia. So the flight is probably going to be a similar time, right, of like getting over there. But it was like a 14-hour flight to get to Australia. And I remember sitting... Sitting there, a little 14-year-old me, not really knowing like you kind of have like the pre-meetings with you know to the icebreakers to get to know people, but you don't really know anybody until you're over there. And so here I am sitting on this plane, and Grant happened to be sitting next to me. So that's kind of how I started talking to Grant. Anyways, um, at 14 years old, boys are immature, as you know. And like on this entire 14-hour flight, I would just start falling asleep. He would give me a wet willy. Like every
1: I (laughs) I would murder. I would it was, like, i'm I taking mean, you out of
0: the exit of the plane like this, right this
1: grounds for like
0: 14 hours of wet willies and clearly it was no. clearly it was his way of flirting right like i look back at that i'm like clearly i'm like you literally had spit in my ear on uh, like for 14 hours straight but That's so the most i promise torture. if you come with jess and i we will not wet willie you wet willie <laughs> safe zone it's <laughs> a so wet-willy safe zone. I will be knocked but, out. You can take
1: embarrassing pictures of me. That's fine. I don't care.
0: Um, I already have. I welcome it. Yes. Uh, I already have, like, all these plans of, like, those little gadgets that you can, like, s- like put your head to, like, those sleeping tent things. And, <laughs> like, like, I have so many fun things. I'm going to post a blog about all the goofy things that I'm going to bring to Bali. And, like, you know those, like, air – I don't know what they're called. They're from Apple. But I think you can – I think they're from Apple. But you put them inside your bag. So if they lose your luggage, you could be, like, it's oh, actually Apple right tag. here – apple tag i'm gonna get those i don't know yes. how pricey they are but yes. i have it. no they're not they're not that's the thing they're 25 dollars. are you serious here i thought they were gonna be like 200 dollars. i have
1: three no i have three i have one on each of my dogs because they're stupid and then i have one in my oh, wallet that's smart you use so it's your like dogs? oh my wallet's always in my purse yeah yeah oh so it just God, went on I the app on the iphone app and that's the thing so they're not rechargeable but they last like a few years battery what? wise so they're 25 bucks and that's the thing and that's the thing because and i think it's so cheap is it uses i think it and this is like the technology which is like kind of creepy but like it's we're gonna we're gonna ignore it um (laughs) it uses like other people other iphones and stuff to like track like 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 that way the battery locate it yeah so like that's why the battery lasts so long because it instead of like having like you're not paying for like 3g or something that's like it's interesting. it's really cool And what's really cool, too, and that's and that's and they they made this like safe thing. So like if because like people were like getting Apple tags put on their cars by creepy people to to track them. And so if there's an Apple tag near you for like a certain amount of time, it will alert your phone and be like, hey, there's an Apple tag by you. Is this yours? (gasps) That's so
0: smart. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I love. Okay, Yeah. You you know, like, you know. Amazon,
1: twenty five bucks, seriously. And if you, it's like it's in the 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 Find My iPhone app. It's just like a different tab where it says like devices or not devices. It says like whatever tag. So it shows me where all of my like my dogs and my wallet are.
0: That's and so I think, smart. I, I love that. I think you can make
1: it make noise if you need to. Like I'm not sure on that, but I'm pretty sure. If you, you had can, like a little like, kid like, like at like things. Disney
0: World or something, like that would be genius percent. too. Like Apple tag at all? Leash. I'm just kidding. At least a- the the Apple tag. tag. <laughs> at least the Apple tag. I'm not opposed to toddler leashes, but um, yeah, I think everyone should uh, be seriously, least. like that's okay, so here here's my proposal. Maybe we give those maybe we do like a giveaway for those in our first Patreon giveaway at the end of July. Maybe that could be like Let's one of the things it. we give away. Let's so yeah, it. come to Bali with us, please. We'll have so much fun and we can talk about Come hang with us. Like we can we talk about deep stuff, we can talk about nothing, we can talk, we just have fun. I think Jess and I are fun to hang out with. I'm going to go see elephants. Please come with me. I would love that. I think Jess is going to come. Are you coming with me on Elephant oh, Day?
1: Of course. I mean, we're. Okay. I'm so codependent. I don't even think <laughs> you could go without me. Yeah. I'd be like, can you really? I'm just going to hide yeah. in the background. You can have your moment, it's, but
0: I need to be like like six feet from you, or I'm going to lose my mind. It's like the Homer Simpson in <laughs> the bush thing again. Like I know <laughs> I've used that analogy before, but this is when I picture it's literally my personality. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. Like and I just. I know I've said this before, so like, feel free to skip ahead. But like, I just picture us having like these beautiful meals in the evening, and the sun is going down, and we're like sipping beverages, and we're eating this like amazing fresh meal because there's a butler that's in the um in the place that we're staying, which like and I, I think, think is amazing too massages and they have like a chef there and stuff so like I just picture these gorgeous meals and just sitting around after a day of adventure and reminiscing about that and like what was your favorite part and like what did you learn about yourself today and like having these conversations that are like meaningful and connecting and just I don't know I just really want to connect with you guys more than just through a podcast and a monthly zoom I just want to be able to experience things with people that's yeah. all I just I, I think it'd I be really fun
1: yeah I can't think of like a more like intimate once in a lifetime opportunity to like connect with people truthfully like yeah. it's going to be life-changing
0: yeah I posted it's this thing be, it's on going to be um, life-altering on my Instagram my my Morgan Vandy one um and it was like this reel that I came across and it said something like everybody has two lives and the the second one starts after you realize you only have one. So like, you know, basically you only have one life and live it, live it. You guys, I can't stress this enough. Like I worked in a freaking job that I hated for seven years and I don't necessarily regret doing that because I don't think any experience is wasted. But I think of all that I robbed myself of in that seven years of not letting myself adventure and live and enjoy. And I'm so glad I'm not in that space anymore. But if you are in that space, I want to give you the permission slip to come with us and just enjoy life. Just enjoy life. You could get hit by a bus tomorrow, not to be morbid, but you could literally get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? Like, and then what? And then what did you miss out on? What did you say no to in your life that you're like, I said no because of that? I said no because I had a parent-teacher conference that time. Like, I said no because I didn't know how I was going to come up with the money. Like, guess what? money is replenishable you will figure it out we will help you figure it out we will help you change your mindset around money like like let us help you get there because you only live once and it is important to live while you're here you are here for a reason live be free do things experience life experience culture experience other people across the planet that's what it's all about so that's my rant. Come with us to Bali, please. Okay. Sometimes I say it, instead of doing a
1: dish, I'm like, you know what? I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm not gonna wash this dish right now. It's just gonna wait. <laughs> and now I have dishes in the sink. Also, oh. did you see that? Did you see my passport?
0: I got it. And I look like you, a porn star. You look like you should have some like badass Russian name like Svetlana. I look like an assassin. Well, but like Okay. Like an assassin. Assassin's picture a porn looks, star. looks- Let me explain this to you guys because I know you can't see it. Jess's picture, she's like got this like sultry look on her face. She has like one eyebrow raised. It looks like she's got a fan blowing in her hair. She looks absolutely gorgeous. My passport photo, I look like a freaking toad. Like I literally look like a toad. Like I was caught off guard. It was the lady at Walgreens. I, it was when I had really really dark hair, which I. Like, liked, but I also probably didn't carry as well as I thought I did. So, my eyebrows were crooked. I had very dark hair, and I literally looked like a little toadlet. And <laughs> Jess is like model esque gorge. <laughs> Fine. It's fine. It's fine. But here's we're all Here's fine. the issue,
1: though, is they're going to see that and they'll be like, this is not her. You're not allowed to fly. Oh, Or I'll please. get stuck in a country and they'll be like, hmm, you're not this person. You look literally like a garbage dumpster. No, you don't. And it's that's it's going to happen. It's going to be really funny, and I hope it happens when I'm in a different country and not just stuck <laughs> here. So I'll be like, oh, no, I have to stay in Bali. What am I going to do? Oh, no. They don't I'll, make, I'll post this as a reel so people can see what we're talking about and see how – devastatingly misrepresentation
0: and i will not be posting is. mine because i cannot you, live with myself. if you guys want to see it you have to come to bali with us so <laughs> i'll show you my i'll show you my toad passport photo if you come to bali <laughs> if we're all in the airport i'll be like who wants to see the toad <laughs> show and tell. oh god it's just like the most unflattering photo probably ever uh, anyways what's new with you besides besides bali besides planning all this what what's been going on with you Jess I know last time that we did a podcast we completely skipped over the introduction because we both had appointments to get to so yeah, we were... this time I was like well we should make up for it and like do a we'll little chat you guys want beginning. to hear
1: all about my life actually no it's I um, do it's been good yeah life has been great I actually got I secured some capital for my new business whoop, whoop.
0: so it's kind of launching soon it's, it's kind really of launching soon <laughs> it is launching <laughs> soon
1: down. it is it is it is launching soon and i'm really excited and the people that do know about it are are
0: excited i'm excited everyone's excited um i'm gonna buy you out very, of stock very before people can moment. even get any when do you think like not to put any pressure on you but when do you think that you're going to publicly announce and like release do you have a date yet i'd say sometime sometime before mid-August I'm hoping okay so everybody save your pennies because you're gonna want what she's got and (laughs) if I don't buy them all um but I (laughs) I'm so excited for you to release it I just want everybody to to buy it it's kind of
1: surreal that it's like happening now yeah it is happening but that's exciting like no it's so exciting but I'm just like it's definitely kind of surreal
0: like I'm excited for you to share the journey of starting a new business on this podcast and like you know I I feel like we're pretty open and honest people about the trials and tribulations of being small business owners and it's amazing it has granted both of us freedom and the ability to like have our own agency with our lives and live in autonomy and all of that stuff Um, but there's like parts that are hard and so it's like we don't want to We don't want to pretend everything's a walk in the park, but it's all about how you handle things. It's all about how you perceive things. So it's like, you know, like I've had things come up in my candle business where I'm like that if I was in the wrong mindset, I literally could have just shut the doors and never came back. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like it's like watching Jess start a business and having so many people on the podcast who are either just starting a business or who are in their business or who are on the cusp of wanting to start a business. It's like maybe... Maybe you could be like two steps behind Jess and just be like, you know what? She's starting a business and and yeah, like I'm going to do it too. Yeah, let's do it together. like yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. I cannot wait for you to be it's, able to talk about what it is and share it. Yes, and yes, oh, it's going to be so cute. I'm, I love it. Love, 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 love. Perfect, 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 perfect,
1: perfect, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, been yeah. pretty much it. I've been um, just working on that, getting some logo orders done. Um, mm-hmm. and apparel is finally getting done and sent out mm-hmm. either tonight, if I get to UPS before, cause I was waiting on that printer, it just got delivered, um, or t- like first thing tomorrow morning. So I'm so happy that stuff's all fricking here and ready to go because mm-hmm. I know people have been very patient. I mean, granted, I'm still technically within the window that I gave, but it's getting kind of close. Um, it's fine. And it's fine. Everything's fine. But Everything's yeah, fine. that and, uh yeah I guess personal life stuff but I know we want to get on to (laughs) anyways
0: um what's going on with you I am going to a so I signed up for this um class I guess for lack of better term like a online self-paced class with Kathy Heller workshop kind of a thing Kathy Heller And um, she's like one of the people I listen to a lot that I'm very inspired by that I have gained a lot of insight from. And she, I signed up for like a workshop with her that's online and it, it helps you work through money mindset or bringing in more abundance or changing how you perceive the world so you can bring more stuff in, right? And so I signed up for this and I was just like, oh yeah, it's a little more expensive than I wanted to pay, but it's okay. Like I'm gonna, it's totally fine. And then I found out like randomly, I got this email and I was like, oh yeah, so you like, here's our itinerary for Malibu. And I was like, what do they mean Malibu? I totally did not understand or did not realize that the package that I signed up for included um, a three-day intensive with her in Malibu. So like, that was kind of like a happy surprise where I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to Malibu. Yeah. I remember Um, you messaged me and
1: you were like, is this, I'm confused. They sent
0: this to me on accident. I was like, (laughs) you're going to, you're going to Malibu. Like this is happening. (laughs) And it's like, so kismet because, Here's the thing is like Malibu is quite expensive, right? But Adam's parents live like 35 minutes outside of Malibu. And so I'm going to fly into LA. I'm going to stay with his parents. So it's a pretty cheap endeavor for me to be able to go besides the investment I made for like the actual course. But I honestly didn't realize that it was included. So it was a happy surprise for me. I was just like, oh my God, I get to go like hang out, literally meet Kathy Heller and like be in her presence and be around all of these other women I don't know if men will be there. I think it's mostly women as her audience. Like, I don't think she's opposed to men going, but I I think it's just mostly women. naturally happens, yeah. Naturally happens. That seems to be her demographic. But, like, I'm just so excited to go and spend time with her and spend time with other women who are inspired and like-minded. And I'm not going to lie. I'm like pretty intimidated by it. And like, it makes me a little nervous to go and like show up in that way. But I'm just, once again, it's like, just because you're afraid to do something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So I'm just going to show up and be myself and be authentic and show up as I am and see what happens and what I learn. Um, Wilson house just had our launch we did a big rebrand, as you guys know. We used to be Wilson Candle Co. Now we're Wilson House. And I just released on July 1st the collection. And that has been going really well. I'm not sold out yet, but I kind of... Um, I haven't been pushing it like strongly on TikTok, but I, I did want to let any. you guys know. So there's still some yeah. left because I have a bought yeah, the, of Yeah, because Jess is a timeout. Um, but there are still some candles left if you wanted to see what Wilson House is about. Since I started the business, you know... We've given so much money back to Animal Rescue and we're just getting started. So I would love it if you guys ordered and wanted to experience that. Wilson House 15. Um, all one word, Wilson House 15 will get you 15% off any order of $50 or more. Like I said, there are fragrances that are sold out, but I do have a lot of fragrances that are amazing that I still have in stock. Like tobacco caramel, um, sugared lemon is one of my favorites. Pineapple and evergreen is one that I curated and like made. And it's been one of my favorites. And it's been, I know it sounds really weird, but everybody that's ever bought it has been like, this is like amazing. And I just made a new one, pink grapefruit and pine. That is amazing. It's like oh, luxurious. luxurious. It's like this luxurious scent. I'll send you some, Jess. It's okay. You will get I'm some. Sorry, I you promise. guys. I, I can't help it. I'm just so <laughs> at the end of the world. Truthfully, Lakeside like, Summer is die. like another one of my favorites. It's kind of got this like smoky <sighs> undertone to it. And I just, and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, like toot toot, but like I just wanted to share with you guys. I just want to share with you guys. Like I made this. I did this. I did this and I want to share it with you guys. And like, I don't know. I, I'm really proud that I did this and I'm really proud of like what I've built and like what we've created as a community and the people that have rallied around Wilson house. That is like both then the most amazing thing is like the people that support it. And there are people that I recognize that order every single freaking collection. And like before Jess and I were friends, like or like you know, like really good friends. Like I knew Jess like from woodworking and I knew of her and she started to order my candles and I started to recognize her name. Honestly, I was like, Oh, that's that's Jess. And I I the very I remember literally writing out the very first thank you card to her and I was like, I don't know if she goes by Jessica or Jess or what. Yeah. I wrote Jessica because I was like, I don't know. But like that's I think I still have the honestly, card because I'm a hoarder. <laughs> probably. But it's like, you know, <laughs> like it's a community of people. It's brought people yeah. together and um, and it's all in the name of animal rescue. And so I'm really proud of that. And, um, I'm, I'm starting another, cause I'm neurotic. I'm starting another company in so um, <laughs> in, or another business. I should say it's been in the works for like, what, just like eight months. I've been mm-hmm. thinking about it and trying to get it up that and was running. One of the it's first just,
1: things you told me before I even had your phone number. Your, cause I was telling you about me <laughs> starting a business and you're like, guess what? There's a little secret. I'm starting, I'm starting another one too. And I was
0: like, Ooh. I was like oh Oh, yeah I forgot about that that's so funny and then a friendship was born and then a friendship was born because we're both like we like businesses (laughs) but yeah so like my goal is to get the second second business up (laughs) and going by September 1st so like that's been in the works so keep an eye out for that I just and and part of it too like how I was just talking about Jess and her starting her business is like I want to show you guys what it's like to start a business like you could start a business with with me with us and it's kind of like I will share with you guys the trials and tribulations of starting a business. And Uh maybe we can do some bonus content and like how we, how I sell things. Like, how have I, how did I build Wilson house from literally selling 50 candles to friends and family to selling, you know, 2000 candles a month, like, or whatever, you know, 1500 to 2000, a thousand candles a month. Like it varies every month, but it's like, how did I build an audience for that? How did I build sales? And it's, I have so much to share about it because I've learned a lot, but I also feel like, I feel like I, I could teach you guys how to do that, you know? Yes. Um, And so in starting this other business, I, I want to show, I part of it is I want to show everybody that like, it doesn't matter how saturated a business is, how saturated a market is that you can still break into any market. And I want to share with you guys, like I, copy paste I want to like copy paste Wilson house like we're going to do this again with another business and I want to show you from like grassroots movement boots on the ground like we're going to do this again and we're going to build another business and I I am going to mogulize (laughs) mogulize the troops I'm going to mogulize yeah so um yeah join us for that journey and I I want to inspire other people to take the plunge and to take the leap and take that first step
1: yeah, cuz that's one of the big things about the podcast is like we want to like we're not leading you. We're we're walking yeah. alongside you. Yes. And we're yeah. doing all these things ourselves and we're not that much ahead of you if if ahead at all, you know? Like we're we're all doing this. We're all in this together.
0: Yeah, and like we're an open book, you know? So if you guys have questions, like listen, mm-hmm. you know where to find us. It's The Dropouts FM Instagram DM us. We'll help we'll sure. help in any way we can. I just had someone reach out last night and ask me a question I was like yes like this this this, and this and this is what I know and I don't know everything but this is what I do know and I can at least get you started or help you you know and so yeah it's it all you just have to make the decision and start and that's what it boils down to but anyways I feel I swear I did not do like a snort cocaine or anything before this I feel like I've been (laughs) (laughs) like I've been like turkeying
1: um you've been so busy working I feel like you're like oh my gosh I'm I just feel like it feels good to talk
0: about things like it's it lights me up it makes me excited like that's that's how you know you're Mm -hmm. doing something that matters because you have a hard time not talking about it yeah and oh something I just thought of is like do you know I learned this on a different podcast but like the area of your brain that lights up the most the emotion that lights up the most um it's not hate it's not jealousy it's not love it's enthusiasm when you are talking about something that you are enthusiastic about, that you have passion about, that you are excited about, that area of your brain lights up so bright under an MRI. Like that is the part of your brain that will light up the most. More than love, more than hate, more than jealousy, more than any of those other emotions that are very strong, right? Enthusiasm. So when you share your enthusiasm with other people, what do you think that does to their brain? It lights it up because they see the enthusiasm in you and it's it's like mirror neurons, right? Like those light up. They're like, oh, that's amazing. And it lights you up, right? So like in me sharing things that light me up, you light up because it's like, oh, that's exciting. And then it inspires you to start to pursue things that light you up and talk about those things. So anyways that's my whole spiel on what's been going on with me i'm excited i'm excited for everything excited we have enthusiasm we're enthusiastic um so yeah jess what are we talking about today like let's take a deep dive and i want to preface this with if if there's anything in this episode where you are getting cringy or you're like it might be a sign (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I'm like saying that with pure love, yeah, pure, we're pure love this and compassion. out of love,
1: and we're not we're not immune to it. I think we all have moments of weakness where we have, and we'll talk about this in a second. But yeah, if you're feeling any resistance to anything we say, take a peek. Let's unpack that. Let's, let's let, unpack. Let's that. take it. Br- yeah, unpack it. Get a journal out. If you are a therapist, bring Ooh. it up with your therapist. I
0: yeah, journal about it. You'll <laughs> well, be surprised what it comes
1: yeah, it's it's very eye opening, and you know, again, it's it's putting yourself in a vulnerable position and a position of discomfort. But what do we say? There's growth in discomfort. You're not going to mm-hmm. grow if you stay in the same comfor- com- comfortable comfortable <laughs> place that you're at.
0: <laughs> right? No, and you're not.
1: I can't speak English. Um. So today we are talking great. about self. Thanks. You're doing right, sweetie. We're talking about accountability, self-accountability, and something that ties into that is the victim mentality. And Mm -hmm. that, playing the victim, and oftentimes it is a subconscious thing, is one of the biggest forms of self-sabotage. You are, because you, at, at the end of the day, you truly have control over your entire life. And playing the victim is giving control to other people. And not holding yourself accountable for your decisions, your actions, your mindset. And, you know, I think if if you're sitting there and you're like, well, there are some things happening in my life that I don't have control over. Yeah, there are some things like, I don't know, a tornado hitting your house or uh, someone running a red light and crashing into your car or maybe something not as traumatic that is done to you by someone else. But. First off, that's, it's never a hundred percent someone else's fault. And if you found yourself in a situation like that, where you, you truly don't have a hundred percent control, whether it is a natural disaster or something happening that, whatever, you do have control over your emotions after that event and how you respond to it and how you let it affect you mentally. Because it is so easy for someone to crash into your car and just be like, oh, they crashed crashing my car and this and that. Or you can not let it affect you negatively mentally like that. You can see it as, hey, nobody died. It's just a car. It's may- maybe now I have the opportunity to get a new car or this or that or it's a learning experience or, hey, they crashed into my car and they didn't die, but they could have crashed into this pole and wrapped their car around the pole and they could have died. There's just so many ways that you can reframe these things, and I know I used to be, I used to have, I think, a lot of victim mentality tendencies, truthfully, um, and they're, like, giving people control over your mindset, over how you think and feel about certain situations is essentially, I mean, it's like wearing concrete shoes while swimming, like, you're making your life so much more difficult. Like, truthfully, like, I, like, you're not gonna be able to swim. You're, 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 it's an uphill battle. So, why do that? You have control over the control you give other people and control over the mindset you have surrounding people, things, situations, where you're at in your life. And blaming others is giving others control. And that energy that you spend being out of control and giving other people control is energy you could spend on taking back that control of your life and being accountable to yourself and i know people probably feel resistance to this but there is truthfully every single situation every single single situation in your life there is positivity to be extracted out of it every single one and you don't you you don't you don't agree with that bet message me I will show you a positive way to turn that situation and I think and again I never used to be like that I, I never used to find positive in every single situation and you know it might seem like oh that's really hard because this is really shitty or this is really shitty just try it now it's like hard for me to stay in a negative mindset or surrounding something like it's harder for me to do that like someone will say like like a family member or a friend, they'll be like, Oh, this or that. And I'll be like, well, or maybe it's, it's, it's giving you an opportunity to do this or now you've gained perspective on this or like there's, there's always something positive to extract from a situation, whether it's experience, knowledge, a new perspective gained, seeing growth in every situation, every experience is such a gift and it's a gift that anyone could have if you just let yourself have it. It releases those concrete shoes while you're swimming. And again, I think victim mentality. I know we we said it. It, it is. I think the the just just the the phrase or the term is kind of like. I don't. know, I think it, it can be kind of like a little little like a little cringy, a little uncomfortable, um, a little cringy. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm I feeling like I'm feeling targeted right now. Well, let's unpack that. Well, and <laughs> um, if you're
0: feeling targeted, like red flag. Like, well,
1: are you, you OK? So you're you're playing the victim. Um, right. But <laughs> and again, I know the words. And I think if, if you want to reframe it as self-accountability, because I think those are the the terms kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, because anytime you're playing the victim is you are shifting accountability from yourself to someone else. Um, a lot of like there, there, are, I mean, you can even, I think there's even like tests online to be like, am I playing the victim? Cause I feel like it's something, like I said, is so subconscious that it, sometimes it's hard to realize it's happening, especially if you've been doing it your whole life. I mean, you don't know any different, right? And that's okay. Now, now we can shift and, and move away from that. And. One of the things I think that people do that, pl- that have that victim mentality is, is you, it's like everyone owes you something and you don't have any responsibilities and all of these signs and symptoms or whatever you want to call it, it's all lowering your self-accountability to avoid failure, to avoid responsibility in a situation. And I think it's kind of a coping mechanism. Um, cause you see these things that things that are your fault or your responsibility or, or because a result of something you've done or said or thought and you shift it to be someone else's fault because it's easier and more comfortable and it's easier to not take responsibility for your actions. Right. I mean, it, I mean, it, it is easier objectively. Um, until you find yourself in an endless victim mentality mindset (laughs) and then it's not, not easier. But um, I think it manifests in a lot of different ways, whether you think you have the right to give up or you don't want to try something or you try something and give up right away Um, or, you know, blaming people and everyone else for your situation, because sometimes it's difficult to see your own role in a problem and the outcomes of previous decisions. So it's just, it's like, well, just see the bad in others and point, point that out instead of focusing on what you could have done differently or what you did to put yourself in this situation. And again, it's not comfortable. It's not because you're getting really real with yourself and sometimes it doesn't feel great because you're like, oh wow, yeah, this is all, I did this. I did this and now I need to work through it. And it's, it is my, it is my doing and it's not someone else's doing. So again, probably not going to be comfortable and that's okay. Right. Anytime you feel uncomfortable, just remember that that's, that's you growing. You're going to grow from the situation like every time. (laughs) Um, And another thing, I think that people with a victim, victim mentality, victim complex, is they see the dark side of things and I I think one of the one of the signs, if you're feeling gloomy and depressed and you're just seeing the negative and everything, um, that might be a sign. Um and I think and Morgan and I had talked about this a little bit. We've had some things come up recently involving other people that inspired us to do this episode, really. And we had a Zoom last week. I really wish we would have recorded it, but we didn't. Um we're we're trying to get in the habit of recording more of our conversations because usually we <laughs> won't record it. I'm like, oh, that was such a good conversation. Um and I think it's it's hard for people again to realize that they're playing the victim because it's so subconscious, right? And I was we were talking and I think a good exercise that you could do um is whether you have a journal or you pull out a piece of paper and start writing things down just write write down something that has happened that maybe you feel negatively about or you feel out of control about and if you're writing down other names, like other people or whatever it may be, you're putting control and responsibility and fault on someone else other than yourself and I think writing that down if you start writing things down, whether it's I don't know. There's so many different examples, but if you're writing these things down on paper, and another name comes up, why why are you giving them control? Why are you blaming Brad makes me feel so yourself? bad about
0: myself because blah blah blah. You know, or mm. somebody makes me so mad because every time they are at work. They make me feel this. Like, if you're ever writing someone makes me feel this way or this make this situation makes me feel this way, you are assigning your feelings. You're giving agency over your feelings to somebody or something else. Yeah. Just as an example. Yeah. You know, just no, as, and like, if exactly, you're finding yourself, if, yeah. Literally.
1: If you're writing down any feeling that you have or anything that's happened, quote-unquote, happened to you or – Any any thought, really, in your journal or on this piece of paper, and it's involving someone else, there's a very, 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 very good chance that you are simply shifting control and responsibility to someone else over a feeling, thought, action, whatever it may be that you have, and that you are not being accountable to yourself. You are playing the victim. And again, I know that word. I know that word is is uncomfortable. And this it really this really comes down to how real you are with yourself. Because that in itself is a form of self-sabotage. If you're going to live in this in this I don't know, I'd say almost borderline delusion and not be real with yourself and tell yourself these lies, that's that's self-sabotage. That is you getting in your own way. So I really, really recommend if you whether you feel like you are playing the victim or you're like, oh, maybe I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, try writing some things down. It's it's very freeing once you start realizing how much control you have, because you have control over your entire freaking life. Nobody else does. Literally nobody else does.
0: Unless again, you hand it over. Unless
1: you hand it over. And a lot of people do. I know I have. I have so much in my life handed control to other people. And then it 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 starts a cycle where you give control to someone else Then something happens and then you blame them and then you're negative about it. And you're like, Oh, I don't have any control over my life. Well, it's because you're giving control to someone else. Stop doing that. Stop doing mm. that. Start reframing how you can change the situations and outcomes that you're writing on this piece of paper. Start reframing Mm -hmm. it, write it down and then realize you start, start picking it apart. And I promise it will start again. You'll be in a vulnerable, maybe uncomfortable situation. But once you start seeing, and I'm a visual person. So literally seeing it on that piece of paper, seeing how much control you really do have, start taking back that control, start being accountable to yourself, start finding the positivity in these situations that otherwise were extremely negative and, gloomy and whatever else start focusing on giving and not receiving it's it's so freeing so so freeing to see the positivity in every situation and if you need help message us
0: i agree i have a lot to add to that especially as somebody who worked as a mental health nurse um for nearly seven years um There's definitely components that I want to go over and I want to differentiate before I go into my spiel. Okay. So as you guys know, I was a psychiatric nurse for almost seven years at an inpatient facility. So I have seen a lot of people in various states of trauma, of various states of reaction to trauma. And I have this theory that there are two tiers of victimhood. I have this this personal theory, or like as I'm studying this victim mentality or victimhood, I do want to make it very clear a differentiation, if you will, of like, I believe there are people who have literally been victimized by circumstances or other people in a way that is very traumatic. And when I say traumatic, I think there's two different types of trauma right they say there's like big t trauma and there's little t trauma big t trauma would be like your house burnt down or you know you saw something horrible in your childhood like your dad killed your mom or you know maybe you had a sibling die in a car crash or like big t traumas like things that will will very very strongly impact you for the rest of your life how you perceive things how you look at things potentially right it's it's something happened to you that was very big t traumatic And then there's like little T traumas that happen through all of our lives as well. And it's like maybe Timmy in second grade told you that he hated your shoes. And so now for the rest of your life, you always question what you put on your body because of that one moment. And sometimes we don't even know, like, why did that bother me so much? Like, it's funny that I just brought that up because I remember specifically, I have this like very vivid memory of being in I think it was second grade and this little boy who was very nice actually grew up to be a very nice person in high school but um you know I had these like little like black they almost look like ballerina shoes on and he I remember he walked up to me he's like those are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen and I was like my mom picked him out for me like I was like really sad about it and I remember the teacher came over and maybe it's because the teacher made a big deal of it too like maybe that's why I remember it so vividly but he's like you don't say that to other people that was so rude of you to say to her but I remember like never wearing those shoes again because it was like it made me self-conscious and I gave so much power over to this little boy of course I'm a little kid but like that's like little t trauma you know like something so benign something yeah. so odd but like some reason some reason that you can't even pinpoint it made you feel a certain way and it made yeah. you second guess something or it made you question how things are or question how you should show up in the world, right? Like little T traumas, things that are very benign, but they impact you. Yes. And so, you know, I am not dismissing if you've had a big T trauma in your life. I'm not dismissing that you can't be a victim, that you shouldn't be in a victim mentality, that you shouldn't whatever. Like certainly that is up to you and a very licensed therapist to discuss and figure out how to move on with your life. In a way that's constructive and adaptive in a non-destructive way, but what I will say is this: is there are people who have literally been victimized, and then there are those who choose to be victimized or victimized or see themselves at the mercy of all their circumstance or at the mercy of other people. And I think what happens a lot of the time is that people experience either big T traumas or little T traumas, and then they they get into a pattern of behavior of learned helplessness. So I think a lot of people who who are stuck in a victim mentality have at one point in their life had either a big T trauma or a little T trauma series of, and they now realize or they have given away autonomy over their feelings because something so serious happened to them that they believe or they feel that that is a pattern of existence. It's part of their identity. And what I want to say, what I want to preface this with before I jump into my whole spiel about the victim mentality in the way that we are talking about it is like I said, I saw, I saw thousands of people come through the doors of the mental health institution, thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands over seven years. And I can tell you the patients who excelled, who improved, who didn't come back to the facility, are the people who took responsibility for themselves. It's the people who took responsibility for how they are feeling, how they are reacting, how they are choosing to see themselves or a circumstance. Whether they had trauma or not, not everybody who came through those doors had big T trauma. You know, like some people just were not functioning in life very well. Some people just sometimes fall into patterns of behavior that, create dysfunction, right? Like not everybody has this big, huge thing. Not everyone can identify that. But the people that took responsibility for the emotions, how they reacted to it, how they handled it, those are the people who did well, who improved their lives. There are also people who, you know, in healthcare, if you've ever worked in healthcare, you know of like the revolving door of people that are constantly readmitted, who are constantly coming up against the same Issues, the same patterns, and it's patterns of behavior, right? It's always patterns of behavior, patterns of health, patterns of this. And it's a repeat. It's just wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. You get them healthy, you get them to a stable place, they go back out in the community, something fails. And obviously, there's a lot of circumstances involved in that. Not everybody is equipped with the with the faculties that you and I are, but that's I think the audience that we are speaking to are people who are for the most part functional people you know they're functional people who maybe have issues just everybody has issues right but they're functional people so those people who lived in a space of victimhood deteriorated and succumbed to their story that their trauma is their entire identity there are people who walk around and their trauma is their entire identity And what I want to make clear is I am not victim shaming. I am not victim shaming. But what I am saying is it is not your fault what happened to you. It's not your fault what happens to you, whether it's big T trauma, little T trauma, circumstances, somebody said something to you that you took a certain way. It's not your fault that those things occurred, but it is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to choose how to cope. It's not your fault what happened to you, but it is your responsibility. Unfortunately, sometimes, right? Like sometimes really shitty things happen and then you have the burden of responsibility. But what happens is if you start to take that responsibility and put it on other people, blame it on other people, blame it on other circumstances, you're never going to move past it because there is no healing in that. There's no healing in that. Lamenting in the space of victimhood will never, ever, 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 ever serve you. Lamenting and, I want to say it again, lamenting and victimhood will never serve you. It's only going to disempower you. It's only going to strip you of your potential. And what I want to ask is if you have been li- living in a space of victimhood or victim mentality, is that doesn't feel good, right? I mean, we've all been there. I have lived in a space of victimhood, and I'll tell that story, but... It's frustrating, and it's saddening, and it's painful, and there's no movement forward when we're choosing to focus on how external people or circumstances influence our thoughts, influence our feelings, right? There is nothing that feels good about living in victimhood. You might get false rewards about it. You might get some attention. You might get people catering to you in a way that maybe is somehow cathartic to you or soothing to you, but that's maladaptive. At the end of the day, victimhood isn't going to serve you, whether it's a response to big T trauma or little T trauma. And I say that with utter total compassion. I really do. I really do. Because we've all had things in our lives happen to us to varying degrees where you can look at it, dissect it anyway, and you could choose how you react to it anyway. And I have two stories that I'll personally tell about, you know, how I have lived in victimhood and how I have also had a circumstance happen where I've just chosen to move on because it does it, ha, it will not serve me to live in the space of the victim mentality and so you have to ask yourself is the current mindset that you have is it moving you forward or is it keeping you stagnant am I lamenting in a mentality of things that happen to me or are you living in a state of things happen for me? And that's a very different energy flow. So like I said, we all have had victim mentality. We all have had instances in our life, either what whether it's a moment of being like, I can't believe she did that to me. I can't believe you make me so mad. No, you are choosing to be mad over it. She didn't, she doesn't make you feel any way. You are choosing how to interpret it, right? Like he makes me so angry he makes me feel so fat he makes me feel so ugly whatever like nobody can make you feel anyway nobody can make you feel a certain way I'll come back to that in a minute but what I want to say is when I worked as a nurse okay like I was talking about from the patient perspective just a moment ago about living in victim mentality but I as a nurse who hated going to that place I hated that job I lived in victim mentality and it wasn't healthy because when I worked there, I was oftentimes so angry and upset at management for not addressing these problems the way that myself and my coworkers believed that they should be handled. And we offered all these solutions and nothing was ever done, right? And it, everyone was so angry there all the time. Like, how could they do this to us? How can they make us work mandated overtime? How can they make us do this? Why is that person making more money than me and they just started out? How can they do that? And we would be so angry all the time. We felt so unheard, so unseen. But you know what? I chose to stay there. (laughs) That was a choice that I made. And I took action when I worked there. I'm not saying that I completely just complained about things. I took action. I would take it to management. But if they didn't respond the way I wanted them to, which most of the time wasn't how I wanted them to because their hands were tied in a lot of ways, I would return to my state of feeling victimized. They're doing this to us again. But I chose to stay there as long as I did. I chose that. So therefore, I chose to put myself in that state and subject myself to that over and over and over again. And I chose to think of things in a certain way when I worked there. And at the end of the day, how much could I have complained about the system that I was purposely subjecting myself to, that I was literally volunteering to go to every day? Nobody was putting a gun in my head telling me I had to work there. I voluntarily went there and I see this now. I see it because I chose to leave and I can reflect on that time in my life and realize how much I was living in victim mentality and realizing how much sooner I could have left. That was all a choice. That was all a choice that I was making. Nobody was forcing me to be there. Nobody. So, I just want to share that for seven years, I lived in this state and I was pretty miserable. I'll tell you that too. I will be the first one to tell you I was a miserable, irritable human being when I worked at that place. And that was a lot by choice, right? Like, yes, things happened that I wouldn't approve of, but I let that seep into all areas of my life. So, the question that I want to pose to you today, if you're listening to this, how much power are you giving away? At the core of it all, just like Jess had just said, And I will reiterate what she said because I want to drive it home for you guys. I want you to listen to this, to not only listen, but to hear it. I want you guys to hear what we are saying, to let it sink in. So I'm going to reiterate a lot of what she said. The only thing that we have control over is how we choose to perceive the world. And we have the power to choose which lens we pick up, how we perceive our world, how we think about our situations, how we think about our relationships, how we think about our circumstances. When you assign all of your feelings, all of the decisions that you make, all of your actions, all of your reactions, all of your self-worth to people or circumstances external of you, you're living in a victim mentality. So when you identify as a victim, you're losing all of your power. You're not only losing it, you're actually intentionally giving it away. You're not losing it. Nobody's taking it from you. You are giving it away. And what I want to bring up is nobody is really consciously walking through the world with the victim mentality thinking, I'm a victim, right? Most of the time, people who live in that mentality don't even identify as a victim. But one of the main ways that we see it come up is with blame. So oftentimes, people who have a victim mentality don't see it as blame, right? They see it as an explanation, Oh no, no. It's not I'm not blaming this person. This is why I feel this way. Well, that's blame. That you're just sugarcoating it, right? It's an explanation. I feel this way because he said this to me. That's not an explanation. It's blame. You're you're cloaking blame in explanation because you're explaining away your blame. I feel this way because she said that to me. I can't believe she did that. You feel that way because that's how you're choosing to perceive and interpret what she said. She might have said something very benign that you are taking very personally, right? It's someone else's fault. It's the fault of a circumstance. You or they, if you if you don't identify with a victim mentality, but maybe you know somebody and you're like, God, I know, like, my... My aunt, oh my God, or whoever, you know, like I'm just using that as an example, but you're abdicating responsibility of your feelings and your reactions to someone else. You're giving that away. You're dethroning yourself and looking at other people and giving them power for how we feel, that is giving that away. So is there someone in your life that you feel is the cause of all your pain or all your trouble or a circumstance in which you feel is the source of your struggle and pain? Do you look to others for blame? Are you giving other people the power to make you feel that way? Are you not losing weight because of food? Or can you not start your business because I don't have money? Are you allowing your perceptions of your circumstances to dictate how and what you do? How you feel? How you react to those feelings? So what I also want to say is the victim mentality doesn't mean you're weak. That's not what it means. It simply means that you've fallen into a pattern of behavior and a, a pattern of thought processes. And all it is going to be, it doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you have to figure out that cycle and break it. And I think if you become aware of your victim mentality mindset and then you choose to stay in that space, that's coming from a p- place of fear, not weakness per se. That's that's a place of insecurity and not knowing what to do with your own emotions so if you're if you're recognizing that you are in the victim mentality, I don't I don't necessarily find fault in that. I just want you to be aware of it and and really start to dissect for yourself how is it serving you in a very honest way? You know, are you happy with the attention you get for being the victim? Are you are you happy with how you don't have to take not only responsibility for yourself, but you can displace responsibility for all of your circumstances? How do you know if you're living in a victim mentality? You might notice yourself complaining an awful lot. Ooh, I used to be the queen of complaining at my job. All the time I was complaining because I felt like management wasn't hearing me. So I would just complain then.
1: I feel like that was the way so we you're, coped too. Like, all, like, literally, yeah. healthcare was the most negative environment. Everyone was complaining. Everyone was so negative. negative. Even just walking by, you're like, how are you doing? You're like, oh, live in living the dream. Like, that was like. Yeah.
0: All yeah. There's a very the negative. Undertone. There's an undercurrent of negativity for a lot of healthcare workers, and that's just the place that Jess and I know and speak from because yeah. that's that's our lived experience. But, um, because I think I think healthcare workers feel very victimized and feel very exploited a lot of the time. You know, I, I I felt exploited when I was a healthcare worker, and I'm not saying that I wasn't. I'm not saying that that I I was not, but it's also that I chose to put myself in that position. I'm not. I'm not displacing that people who are doing wrong things are I'm not saying that what they're doing isn't wrong. Right. I'm not saying that everybody goes through life and makes the right decision, no matter what it is. I'm not saying that administrations are not responsible either, but if you're choosing to stay in an environment or you're choosing to think of things a certain way, then you are bearing that burden as well. You know, like you are carrying that for yourself. And so If you're blaming people a lot, like we just talked about, and if, if this is a great one, if you get defensive, if someone you know blames others and then becomes easily defensive of themselves and how they react to things and and explains away, well, I did it because of this or I did this because of A, B, and C. If there's defensiveness, that equals victim mentality because you immediately feel like you have to defend why you are displacing the responsibility the feelings right so we learn that it's much easier to take our feelings which most of the time are pretty icky when it comes to victim mentality take them and make them the fault of someone else because it's easier to blame somebody else than to be accountable for our own feelings because becoming accountable for our own feelings means that we have to start to put work into ourselves and for a lot of people that's an intimidating process blaming is easier than agency. That's just point blank the truth of it. Blaming is easier than agency. Blaming takes the focus off of you and takes the focus off of your role and the outcome. It takes all of the responsibility off of yourself. And how much easier is that to put it on somebody else than to look at yourself and say, ooh, what was my role here? How could I think of this differently? So what I will say is empower yourself, take accountability, and watch your world change. Just like Jess was talking about earlier, you are responsible for how you think, how you feel, and how you act. And you are responsible for the meaning that you assign to the world. So those statements that I just said should be empowering. They shouldn't feel overwhelming. They shouldn't feel scary. If I'm saying those things that you are responsible for the way that you feel, and you're like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I challenge that because you are a person with autonomy, you're a person with authority, you're a person with agency, and that should be very empowering to you. It shouldn't feel hopeless or defensive. You shouldn't get defensive over that. And if there's a twinge of resistance to the statement that you are ultimately responsible for your own happiness, if you're looking for someone else or something else to fulfill you, guess what? When, that, when you are looking externally for someone else or something else to fulfill you, you are setting yourself up for failure. And you are setting yourself up for subsequently blaming something else when it fails. Because ultimately, nobody can make you happy. No other thing can make you happy that's going to come from within. I don't care how cliche that is. Because you will find times in your life where somebody lets you down if you are going through life with the expectation of something or someone else making you happy. It's unrealistic to put that much power in anybody else's hands. Because nobody... Think, people can't even make themselves happy. How are they going to make you happy all the time, too? You have to take that back. So we have the power to think what we think, perceive what we want, choose how to interpret things, how we interact, how we engage. We do. No one else can make you feel any way without you telling them that they can make you feel that way, without you telling yourself a narrative. And Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So stop giving others consent. If someone says something derogatory towards you that maybe traditionally you would take to heart and really dissect and make it affect your self worth, what if that actually means nothing about you? What if their What if the response was? What if? What if someone came up to you and says something that maybe traditionally you would find derogatory, and instead of taking it to heart, what if you just said, "Well, that was an interesting opinion you have," or "Do you know you just said that out loud?" Like, what if you just bounced all that right back towards them? because ultimately it's a reflection of them it has nothing to do with you when people are jerks to you it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them
1: it reminds me of like as a kid where it, isn't it the saying like i am rubber you are glue whatever you say yes
0: bounces off me <laughs> and me sticks, sticks to you, you because you, bitch oh, yeah because <laughs> the adult version <laughs> but you know like it's true it's like people okay here's my other thing really quick on the side people who are critical of others or belittle others or who say derogatory things towards others we see it online all the time it's become very prevalent in our society online like internet trolls and stuff people who are healthy do not operate from from home base of being like automatically wanting to say something critical towards somebody else if you if you are constantly operating from a place of being critical of anybody else That's a reflection of you more than it is about anybody else, because that means your home base is flawed. It's flawed, right? Like if you are constantly walking around criticizing everybody else, that is an internal reflection. That is an internal insecurity that you have. Yeah. A reflection and a
1: projection of probably things you feel about yourself, but you're using this like judging other people and criticizing other people to like distract whether you're probably a subconsciously. I see it all the time. And it it's like one of the most off-putting things ever.
0: Healthy people don't walk around wanting to cause harm to others. Healthy people don't walk around with this. Like some of the things that I see online, I'm, I'm like, I would never think to say that to somebody. Like, where does that even come from in your mind that you, that it would come out of your mouth, much less that you would physically take the time to type it out. Right? Like, Sometimes people blurt things out and you're like, "Well, that was inappropriate." But like, I would never even think of that to say. And it's because I'm coming from a place of health and roundness, right? Of where it's like wholesomeness. And when people have even the wherewithal to come up with negative things to say, that's what's brewing inside of them. That's what they're carrying around with them. That's how why it's so easy for people who are unhealthy and unwell to bubble that up. It's like I couldn't even think of the mean thing to say if I wanted to, cause it's like, that's just not how I operate. So it's really, again, way more of a reflection of somebody's internal insecurity. And this is a good example. The other day I was um, scrolling on Instagram and some, some girl who like, she's a, she's a fitness person, like we're really well-known fitness person. She's very sweet and she found out she's pregnant and she's like six months pregnant and she actually didn't know, but she, it's a whole story, whatever. But somebody on her thing commented, I don't know how you could not know your own body that well, at, like laugh my fucking ass off, you know, like element, whatever the acronym is. And I looked at her profile just out of curiosity and she has 10,000 followers and she is a fitness person. And I was like, the fact that you claim to empower other women is alarming to me. It's alarming that you are claiming to empower other women. And here you are commenting something so snarky and cruel for the, for what? Purpose to make yourself feel better, right? Like the chances of her ever seeing that comment are probably pretty slim. But what was the purpose of that? What was the point of that? I even commented very, very, uh, I tried to do it with compassion, but I was like, people, it's only people who struggle internally who say things like that. And I hope that you find peace because it was gross, you know, like it was just so gross and and it was alarming to me that she claims to empower other women and here she is behind a keyboard thinking she's never going to get caught saying really hurtful icky gross like inauthentic snarky stuff to somebody on the internet that she doesn't know either it's like what what was the purpose of that and i'm like that came from a place of insecurity cuz where else would that come from it wasn't my first thought when i looked at at her profile and stuff i was like oh that's so cute like she found out she's pregnant like whatever you know and it's so that's just an example and we see that so often um so, anyways, that's my aside on that. But I, you know, take your power back. If somebody says something to you, you should just turn it back on them. Do you know you just said that out loud? Do you know that? <laughs> Did you mean to say that out loud? Yeah, like, what if maybe, you just turn things back yeah. on people? Because I think people are so used to saying things and getting away with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if you just made it about them? Turn it right back on them. Yeah don't internalize when people are nasty see, to you. I turn it that. right back on them yeah like i love i love oh, accountability
1: you? like i love when people hold me accountable and i love holding other people accountable for their yeah. actions especially in, in public like if i see someone like like make fun of or like be mean to like a cash like a cashier or something like that i'm like oh this is what i was put on this earth to do well
0: <laughs> it's just so unnecessary it's yeah. so unnecessary yeah. and like you know it's You're taking power back in the situation, right? And you're not allowing the person to have puppetry over your emotions. Why would you give someone that power to play puppetry with you? And so no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So stop giving it away and stay in your integrity. Let them have their drama. Let other people have the drama. And what I will add is like, if there is a feeling that does flare up for you, like say someone says something to you and it is hurtful, right? Like I'm not saying to live in, in complete, like, naivety and be like oh well that didn't hurt me like I'm just gonna pretend it didn't like no because that's toxic positivity like what I want to say to you because we are all in the state where we take things personally sometimes is acknowledge where that came from acknowledge the feeling and maybe maybe dissect it later on because when when you take something to heart when something feels icky to you it's because there's a piece of you that resonated with that it's because there's a piece of you that was like oh that's true acknowledge it and recognize it and then later look at it as an opportunity to learn something about yourself and also reframe it as yes they said something to me and yes it was hurtful but it actually is a gift because they gifted me an opportunity to forgive myself for having those thoughts about myself and it gifted me an opportunity to improve on my own self-perception They pointed something out in me that I didn't even realize, and that's actually a gift because now I know that about myself and I can work on changing how I feel about myself, right? Like the only way that anything resonates with you is if you identify with that, is if they said like something derogatory towards you, like, oh, you're so selfish and you got immediately defensive or it really flared up for you. If you got defensive over it, it's because There is something internally with you that resonates with that. And so you have to unpack that and stay in a place of compassion and gratitude, even when it's hard towards other people. Because you're not going to, nothing comes from anger and resentment, right? Like nothing comes from that. And so thank you for the opportunity for pointing something out in myself that I need to work on. And that really is like, the key to understanding all of this is the reason that you're experiencing the negative emotion is because of a thought that you are thinking, not what they said to you. It's the only reason that something stings is if you believe it or if there's a part of you that believes it. So thank somebody internally. Don't say thanks for saying that shitty thing, but you know, point put it back on them. Do you know you said that out loud? And then if it stung later on, unpack that a little bit and say, I'm going to thank that person for the gift of opportunity to work on myself because now I know that kind of hurt and that's probably because I have like low self-esteem about this one thing. And then you can work on that. But I want you to think about this for a moment. We assign the meaning. When people say something to us, we assign the meaning. Only we can do that. So picture this for a second. If somebody walked up to you And started screaming at you in a language you didn't understand. Like, I'm gonna assume 99% of people that listen to this podcast don't speak Arabic. If you do, pick a different language, you know. But say (laughs) someone, like, if somebody walked up to me and they started yelling me in Arabic, I would just look at them and, like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I don't know. Like, what if somebody walked up to me in Italian right now and just started calling me, like, all these horrible names? I would just look at them and I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even register with me because I don't know what they're saying because it doesn't mean anything to me. There's no context behind it, right? So like you give it context and you if somebody walked up to me in Arabic and started yelling at me, I'd be like, oh, that's weird. And I would just walk away like I'd be like, well, that was so odd because it doesn't mean anything. And assuming that you don't have purple hair, maybe you do if you do pick a different color, but it's like assuming you don't have purple hair. If someone walked up to you and said, I hate your purple hair, would you be offended? No, because you don't have purple hair like it doesn't register with you you don't have purple hair. So why would it, why would it offend you? Right? Like there's no part of you that identifies with having purple hair. So it doesn't bother you. Now, if somebody walked up to you and said, you're super ugly and it bothered you, that's because there's a part of you that identifies with being ugly or feeling ugly versus like, if you didn't feel that way, it wouldn't register with you. You'd be like, that was weird. Just like how I don't have purple hair. It doesn't register with me. I don't think I'm ugly. So it doesn't register with me. Right? So like what if we could take the power back of every interaction that we have in that way? And what if allowing other people to negatively influence our emotions, we can stay neutral and simply make people's comments mean something about them and nothing about us? And ultimately, we have the power to do that. We have a responsibility to determine how we feel about things They are not responsible for how we feel. And also, like, something I want to point out is when people are in an extreme state of, like, victim mentality, you might assign meaning to things that weren't even intended to be offensive, right? Like, I'm just talking about, like, just now I was talking about somebody who, like, intentionally walked up to you and said something derogatory. But, like, say somebody walks up to you and they're like, oh, you aren't wearing lipstick today. As an observation, like say you always wear lip, red lipstick and you're not wearing red lipstick today. Someone who's in an extreme victim mentality might spin that into a story and say, that person meant that in a negative way that they I, that I look ugly today or that I look t- tired or I look worn out. That person thinks I'm ugly, right? But really, that person is just making an observation that you're not wearing lipstick today. But it, you could really spin out on all sorts of things if you're living in victim mentality that you created the drama. That person is just making an observation and all of a sudden you're like, that means I'm ugly. Someone with extreme victim mentality is always looking for a villain because they've conditioned their mindset to be victimized and every victim needs a villain. And villains can be found anywhere if you look, right? Your ex, your sister, your mom, your mother-in-law, your dad, your brother, your boss, your friend. You can find a villain in anybody if you're living in a victim mentality. But again, you're not stuck. You're not helpless. What you are is powerful What you have is free will, and you can change the lens of perception to change your mindset. You change your belief system, and thereby you change your patterns. So as with everything that we talk about on this podcast, the sooner that you become aware that you may be living in that state, the sooner that you can make changes in your own patterns of thinking and thereby changes in your behavior, which will thereby change the results that you're getting out of your life. Because remember, at the very core of everything, your thoughts, okay, the thoughts that you think, influence your feelings. And your feelings that you have influence your behaviors and your actions and the patterns of existence. And your actions influence the results that you get and the consequences that you have. And it all loops back to thoughts because you're going to always look for patterns that reaffirm your thoughts. It's how our brain works. So again, your thoughts influence your feelings and your feelings influence your behavior. And your behavior influences your results. So change your thoughts equals changing your life. The last thing that I'll bring up is that I was on a Zoom last night. And this is a beautiful example of somebody who's choosing to not live in a victim mentality. There is a woman on the call. She's 62 years old. And she is the oldest um, woman, I think, in our cohort of women who get together. And she has MS. And she's a very inspiring woman. Like, she's very lovely. She's got, like, an incredible demeanor. But how easy would it be? Like, she's in a wheelchair. She's wheelchair bound. She has, like, a little bit of a speech delay, speech pattern, um, you know, impediment from her MS. And it takes her a little bit longer to, like, say things. But she's very clear in what she says. She's very intentional with what she says. And how easy would it be for her to succumb and say like, oh, well, I can't do anything because I have MS to be a victim of her circumstance and her physical ailment. It would be so easy. So many people do that, right? Like so many people say like, I just can't do it. So I'm not going to try to do anything. She uses her MS to help mentor other women who have MS or who have been diagnosed with MS. And she helps them with. The thought process, she helps them with reframing it, she helps them with the struggles that they have physically. She she has used her experience with MS to empower other women, where she could easily take the route of victimhood and say, I can't do anything because I have this physical impediment or this physical ailment. And how many of us are unencumbered by such ailments and still choose to live in the space of self-inflicted limitations? Here's here's a woman who very easily and justifiably, by a lot of people's standards, could just say, I can't do anything. But you know what? She has internet access. She can still use her hand. She can still talk. She can still make connections. She can still um, get around in her car with the help of, like, you know... um, tools and accessories that allow her to drive like she can still do these things and she chooses to do those things she chooses to use tools she chooses to look at things in a way that she can do it yes maybe it's adaptive but she's still doing all of these things and she's still inspiring other people and so how many of us completely unencumbered by any of those severe struggles still choose to live in a space of self-inflicted limitations it's all a story we tell ourselves it's all patterns of behavior it's all and that's All of our patterns of behavior boil down to the narrative that we tell ourselves. So what's the story you're telling yourself? What is your story? Are you going to be the victim? Are you going to make your feelings the responsibility of everybody else? Ultimately, that's impossible. Nobody is responsible for your feelings except for you. So what I want to wrap up with is, is this, and I want to remind you of this again, is you have to ask yourself. Is your current mindset, your belief system, and your pattern of behavior moving you forward? Is it moving you forward or is it making you stagnant? Is it making you angry? Is it making you frustrated? Is it making you sad? Is it making you cry every day because somebody looked at you wrong? Is it making you defensive anytime somebody brings something up like, hey, I've noticed this about you? And I just want you to be healthier. I've noticed this about you. Is there defensiveness that comes up immediately surrounding that? Are you lamenting in a mentality of things happen to you instead of things happen for you? And how is that serving you? Because you are making a choice to lament in toxicity when you could be surrendering to version 2.0 of you and being the fullest self that you can. It's all based on you nobody I hate to say it nobody's gonna show up to save you there is no knight in shining armor who is going to show up at your door and make all of your dreams come true Ed McMahon is not going to show up from publishing clearinghouse with like a million dollar check randomly you're you know like nobody's coming to save you nobody's coming to save you the only person who can show up for you is you change your belief system, change your patterns, change your life. Stop blaming other people. Stop blaming your circumstances. Do the work. Change your life. Take accountability. The most difficult patients I ever worked with at the psychiatric facility were the people that did not take any accountability. And it was 100% across the board, I think almost every nurse that I worked with would agree with that statement. The people who are the most difficult to work with are people who didn't take any accountability for their role with where they were at. So you have to take accountability for yourself. And I think when you do, the world just becomes easier to navigate because you recognize your agency and you recognize that you have the power to figure out what to do, how to feel. The energy of the problem is never going to be the energy of the solution. So if you're living in the problem, that energy is not going to fix anything. You have to live in the energy of the solution. You have to elevate yourself to live in the energy of the solution because the energy of the problem will never get you a solution. I forgot. I was going to tell, can I tell one more story really quick? Duh. okay so like another story that i have about my own personal quote-unquote like where i could have lived in victimhood and i chose not to and i'm not saying this didn't upset me or that it doesn't upset me from time to time but like okay this is like a very vulnerable personal thing but i'm it with you guys because i think it could be helpful um my grandfather passed away a year ago um and he was a very wealthy man and he had planned to give all of us inheritance and in the process of his deterioration when he was still alive there were people not any of like my blood relatives but there was a there was there were people in his life as he was deteriorating that took advantage of his mental decline and had paperwork changed so that the beneficiaries and all of the will that he had set up to secure money for his grandchildren and his son where none, we none of us got anything and he was a multimillionaire and that was never part of the plan. And so it was devastating, right? Like I had just quit my nursing job. I was starting a business. I thought, well, if I do get an inheritance, like I could really jumpstart this business. Right. And I could have spun out on that. I could have said I have to go back to nursing. Not, And I didn't quit nursing because this happened. I just thought like, well, maybe if I were to get an inheritance, like this would really help me out quite a bit in funding the business. And instead of looking at it and completely spir- spiraling out, I realized that that money was never mine, despite despite his intentions with it. You know, like at the end of the day, it was never mine to have. And I do believe in karma. I do believe that the person who literally stole, stole millions of dollars from my family will have a full circle moment in their life. I am not responsible for that. I do not believe that I need to put any sort of bad anything intentions into the universe to create that happening. It's not my responsibility. What is done is done, right? Like what has been done has been done. And I choose to think of that situation as it is a gift to me because I have had to use my own resources, my own tenacity, my own grit, my own mind, my own dedication to this business to figure out how to fund it. And I have done it on my own. I haven't had help, you know, like I haven't had. Any knight in shining armor, come to my door with a million dollar check and say, here you go. You are free to do this without any reservation, hesitancy, or fear. And I I don't think that my business would mean as much to me if I didn't have to do it completely independently. And I think of it as a gift. I choose to think of it as a gift instead of instead of living in anger or resentment or frustration or hatred or jealousy because somebody has has what what was willed to me you know what I mean like what good would it do me to live in a space of anger absolutely none it would serve me zero because I would be wasting time and energy and my own faculties and my own brain power and emotions on something that isn't that has been done. It's it's in the past. It's been done. There's nothing I can do about it. Why carry around the burden? And so I choose to look at it as a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift because I have done this by myself and I have pride in it. And I didn't get inheritance to make this happen. I did it on my own. And not that there's any, you know, if anyone starts a business with inheritance, I'm not saying that. Like, kudos to you. That's amazing too. But like, I just had to figure it out and I choose to see it as a gift. So it's just an example of something in my life where something happened to me and I really probably could have spiraled out and carried around a lot of anger and been and broken family ties and blamed people, right? Like there could have been, there is more than enough blame to go around for like why that happened and who, you know, who dropped the ball and how did that happen and who was supposed to, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. I'm choosing to see it a certain way and I think I am so much healthier than other people in my family who are carrying around the resentment, you know, like who are carrying around the, the anger about it. It's like you're only depleting yourself. Holding, like not forgiving somebody or holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You're only slowly poisoning yourself. And so I guess maybe that's like a story I'll leave you with is like, you know, everybody has something, right? Everybody has something that's happened to him that's been a real bummer but it's all how you choose to look at it it's how you choose to perceive it and if there's something in your life that you're carrying around with you this big burden of anger or frustration or resentment it's time to let it go give up the blame yeah so that is our episode on victim mentality and self-accountability and we hope that you took something away from it we hope that it wasn't too harsh (laughs) tried not to be harsh just tried not to be harsh I don't know that like I said I don't know there is a way that we could have presented the information in any other way um with that being said please if this episode helped or if you found that this podcast has helped you share it with a friend if this resonates with you in some way share it with somebody um please leave a five-star review and a written review um the written reviews are really helpful. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, we are at the dropouts fm on Instagram like fm radio. You can DM us on there. Um remember that it's only $5 to support us on Patreon and that you are invited monthly to a Zoom for Patreon only members where we can build a community of like-minded people, talk about our goals, dreams, vision workshop some things well we will see you guys for episode 12 next week and we hope you have a good rest of your sunday see you guys later goodbye